Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. I'm Tony Cardasco and a special guest on today's broadcast. We've got Carl Pavlock of Locked On Coyotes who joins us on today's show. And thank you all for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available on all platforms. And Carl Pavlock is with us, the co-host of Locked On Coyotes. And thank you so much for joining us. And I wanted to ask you about Friday's matchup between Arizona and the Golden Knights. And despite being in last place, Carl, the Coyotes appear to still be playing hard. I watched the game against the Kings the other night and saw the Arvidsson late goal that defeated Arizona. But do you feel that this team is still playing hard and still competing? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Say what you want about the Coyotes. They do not quit. They are bad, Um, but they will not stop. They will keep going. Uh, some of the best hockey I've seen them play is in the final two minutes of the game. It doesn't matter if they're up. It doesn't matter if they're down. They will play hard at the very end. It's the other 60 minutes that's usually the problem. What do you attribute that to? Is it because they're all fighting for jobs or you maybe want to get traded out of there? Uh, So I think there's definitely that. Um, One of the things that we've talked a lot about um, this season is – that the new head coach, uh, Andre Tournier, uh, we call him Bear, um, needs to keep these guys motivated. And each player is going to be motivated by something different. A player like Phil Kessel is going to be motivated to be traded out. A player like Clayton Keller is going to be motivated because he is, at this point, some of the like the future of the team. And then a player like um, Colin Chanak, who just played in one of his first couple games uh, yesterday, just had his first point, um, when we're recording this uh, was yesterday. Uh, he's playing for that next contract. So everyone's playing for something different. And the team is kind of motivated to get everyone to move forward as much as they can. Carl, now we know that the Coyotes moved to the Central Division this season. Do you mm-hmm. ever wonder if the Coyotes, had they stayed in the Pacific Division, do you think that they might have been a tad more competitive or How do the two divisions stack up in your estimation? So I I do think about that a lot. Um, Going into the season, um, well, not going into the season, like at the end of last season, I thought that the core of the team could have been tested again under a new head coach. If they had stayed in the Pacific division, I think they would have been a bit more competitive, Um, but you know, they had to move to the central it does seem like the Pacific division this year, at least is a little bit weaker, a little bit kind of. It's wide open. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wide, open. wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been doing a lot of previews for like the Kings because the Coyotes played the Kings twice. And there was definitely something in there. Where I'm like, oh, okay, the Kings are in a, in a different position than a comparable team in the central, the Dallas stars who the Coyotes played on Sunday. Um, like the stars seem a little bit more, well, not secure, but a little bit more established in the division. They get a little bit more respect than the Kings do, but the Kings played what like way better 
But then there's also teams like the Seattle Kraken, who the who have yet to beat the Coyotes, who are one of the worst teams in the NHL. So that's just a wide variance in teams right there. Is there a big battle going on? We've got Carl Pavlak with us, co-host of Lockdown Coyotes. Coyotes, And uh, do you feel that there's a battle going on uh, between Montreal and Arizona for last place? Uh, it, I, I do think that a lot of people think there is. There's definitely Coyotes fans who are very much of the, no, I want to have the worst team in the league to get the best odds. Uh, I've been through a rebuild before. I was writing on five howling when the Coyotes were tanking for Connor McDavid. Uh, I've learned to just kind of sit back and let the games happen. And I will root for the Coyotes to win every game because I know that me rooting for them does not make a difference to how things actually go. Carl Pavlock is with us. He is the co-host of Locked On Coyotes. And you could find him here on the Locked On Network and 5-4 Howling. Tell us about uh, that website that you write for. Sure. Um, that is part of SB Nation. Uh, I've actually been writing on 5-4 Howling for about 11 years now. Just kind of writing all about the Coyotes. Um, this season, it's a lot more just kind of game previews, game recaps. But we also do news about trades, that sort of thing. Hopefully getting some analysis going for some upcoming trade targets because eh, the Coyotes are going to be sellers. We all know that. Yeah. So are we going to see a huge fire sale with the Coyotes? What is the plan? Is there a plan? Um, You know, again, moving forward, the name that we hear the most, uh, once again, in the uh, trade wins on Thursday was Jacob Chikrin, of course, the defenseman. Mm -hmm. Who else do you feel is on the block or is everyone on the block at this juncture? So I I do think that everyone is pretty much available except for a few players. Um, And the team is starting to solidify, but there's a lot kind of just available right now. Um, I think I counted five or six players who are signed past um, or past this year into next year with the Coyotes, which is not a lot. So you could definitely get most players. Um, we do always hear a lot about Chikrin. I've actually heard that like buzz for that starting to die down. So I don't know if he is available at this point. I'm not sure if he was ever available or if the team was literally just like listening to offers like any team should. Um, Clayton Keller has kind of played his way into not being on the trade block. Although at this point, he's probably worth as much. Uh, the big player I would say is Phil Kessel, uh, just because, you know, I, I think teams are going to want him around for a cup run. And I think that Shane Gostasbear has been revitalized enough um, after a couple of rough years in Philadelphia. And he's played well with the Coyotes. I think he could be like a, a potential, you know, grab for some teams. Carl, uh, one of the names that you mentioned in there and one of the bright spots of the season is Clayton Keller the fastest player to reach 100 points, beat the record of Max Domi. Um, he was also named to his first ever All-Star team and just in his second full season with the Coyotes. Can you tell us a little bit more about Clayton Keller's game? Oh, um, Keller, I think, has actually been named to an All-Star game once before. Uh, I think it was for a weird season. Uh, but Keller has definitely been a, a very interesting player for the Coyotes. Uh, he had his rough spots. Uh, I don't think he necessarily excelled in some of the prior years, but 
during the off season, he added some weight. He's stronger for a smaller guy. Uh, and he's, you know, getting to 20, 21 goals in 51 games. Like that is definitely one of the things that I am, you know, happy to see. Uh, he has a fairly big contract, um, but he is for the first time, you know, quieting some of the critics who think that he was overpaid. Um, it's been phenomenal to watch Keller play. He's one of the bright spots for the Coyotes this year. In the first meeting, the Golden Knights won that uh, seven to one there in Arizona. And Max Pacioretty scored two goals. Uh, Dodonoff had a goal and an assist. And Riley Smith had a couple of assists in that game, seven to one. And the Golden Knights, from what I remember, had that big second period. Is there a weakness or a weak time, a weak period for the Coyotes this season? Absolutely. Um, And it just depends on what game we're playing. But there's at least one week period every single game. Uh, The Coyotes are known for imploding in the second period. They've started to tighten things up a little bit there. But that is usually a bad period for them. Uh, Like you mentioned, the game against the Golden Knights. That was one of the classic second period implosions. Um, They've, you know, will occasionally start slow. They'll occasionally end bad um they are a team that was kind of blown up and reassembled with spare parts in the off season they don't play a full 60 minutes uh so yeah just everything's kind of not good what about special teams how are they faring this season for the coyotes absolutely horrible i'm glad you asked uh one of the worst power plays one of the worst penalty kills um they went Almost five games without a power play goal. Uh, it may have been more than five. They finally got one against the Dallas Stars. Uh, they went over two on the power play against the Kings um, earlier, this, earlier this week. Um, they've been slightly better on the penalty kill, but but not really. Our guest is Carl Pavlock. We'll be back with more after this. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they are marshmallowy, they are not just a protein bar, they are a treat, and they are covered in 100% chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. The promo code again is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back, and thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. It's free and available on all platforms. I'm laughing, Carl, because people might be thinking that I'm setting you up with all these questions, you know. (laughs) We didn't have a previous uh, conversation, right? Uh, No, no. No. uh, Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, Coyotes fans and people like myself, we are very aware of the situation, and I have been following this team for a long time. I've seen ups and downs. It's all kind of funny to me at this point, but yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't uh, trying to bag on the team about special teams, but yeah, <laughs> we went there. And then 
I guess of one of the brighter notes of this season is the fact that the Coyotes went back to the Kachina logo on their jerseys. Oh, yes. That's big. That was big news. Uh, do you like it or not? Are fans buying any of the apparel? Oh, absolutely. The Kachina logo is really big right now. It feels very earnest in a way that I don't think a lot of jerseys do because I mean, like it came about in the nineties when the team just relocated from Winnipeg. It felt like an honest attempt at, you know, tapping into the Arizona culture that I, I love the howling coyote Jersey. I think it is one of the best logos in the NHL. I, I have a connection to it because that's the Jersey that the team was wearing when I first became a fan and first started covering them. But the Kachina Jersey is something special for people and they love it. They are buying lots of the material, uh, like hats, shirts, jerseys, everything. And like, in general, it's just a feel-good thing for, for fans to point to because it's been a rough year. Fans, is there still fan support for this team? Because, you know, I was watching the game against Los Angeles, and it seemed like there were a lot of Kings fans. And I, we also have to guess there will be an invasion of Golden Knights fans because the tickets are a lot less expensive in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how has the fan support been through thick and thin? Uh, I mean... Something that everyone accepts in Arizona is you need to have a competitor to get real big, like fan attendance. Um, the Coyotes have been there. They know that in the first year of a rebuild during a pandemic, they're not getting as much people. Um, and teams in the Sun Belt are also really built for, you know, away fans. Like, there is a large percentage of people who have moved from California to Arizona in the past couple of years. So they'll wear Coyotes jerseys for a lot of games and Kings jerseys for the one night that they're there. Um, same for a lot of fans from like Chicago. I myself am from outside of Buffalo. So I'll see Sabres fans who will wear Sabres jerseys for that one night and Coyotes jerseys for the other. It's the the fan support right now is kind of what everyone expects for the first year of a rebuild. Xavier Gutierrez said that the new 5,000-seat arena on the campus of Arizona State University will be packed each game, of course. Uh, yeah. But what has the feedback been on the new home? I mean, heck, the AHL Silver Knights here, their new arena, the Dollar Loan Center, is larger by 1,000 seats. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Tucson Roadrunners arena is also larger um, fans in in for the Coyotes understand that this is a short term thing while the new arena is being built. Uh, I think if it ever becomes an issue where the new arena is not going to be built, the NHL is going to pull the team faster than fans can revolt. Like that's that's the situation that I think we all understand. Um, and we all kind of comfort ourselves in knowing that there are other uh, weird situations. One of the ones I always talk about is the New York Islanders playing at Barclays Center with obscured seating. We also and, have and the car in the end zone, of course, on display. And just the really famous bizarre. car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning at one point played in a baseball stadium, which was talked about as a potential for the Coyotes <laughs> playing at Chase Field. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, that would have much too yeah. large. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially for a rebuilding team would have not been good. I mean, what, what but... size, what size arena do you think would fit this team and this program? So uh, tell us about the plans for the new arena and how large will that be? I don't have the seats on hand. But what do you think? It's, uh, it's... What do you think would be a good size for this fan base in Arizona? I mean, the the thing is, like I said, Arizona fan base is very hot and cold depending on how well you're doing. If the Coyotes rebuild goes well and they have a competitive team in five years when the arena is being completed, I say that's a 17,000, 18,000 seat arena with you know some overflow. I think it may be closer to 16,000, but the actual Coyotes arena, the one that everyone is planning on being constructed, is just traditional NHL arena. They're playing in a, in a college hockey arena and ASU's hockey arena. ASU has had a program for, I think, five years now. Maybe, maybe yeah, five or so years it's been in that area because I called an ASU game when they weren't like relevant yet, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and now, of course, they've built a powerhouse team there at ASU. But, I mean, and what's the crowd going to be like? Are all the... Uh, the frat bros going to show up or like, what will the crowd be like there? I mean, I, I imagine it'll be a mix. You'll probably get a lot of like, you know, frat bros for, for the weekday games. Like you expect. Uh, I know a lot of teams have like student rushes and those kind of things for the weekday games. And then on the weekends, you'll probably get the upscale Scottsdale crowd. Like the reason that people are wanting the team to move to the East Valley is that's just the wealthier part of town. Like the West Valley at one point, I remember in the early 2000s when I lived there was like the place to be that has shifted in the past two decades. And it's all about the East Valley. That's where all the money is. That's where all the players are. That's where the fan base is. Carl Pavlock is our guest. He is the host, the co-host of Lockdown Coyotes. We'll return with more right after this. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Basketball season is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back. We've got Carl Pavlock with us, the co-host of Lockdown Coyotes and also outstanding writer for five, four howling. I read a lot of your columns there and you do a terrific job with your recaps and everything else and your previews. And if you were to preview, you probably have written it already by now. Uh, what does a preview look like for VGK against Arizona? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, the preview that I have written is last match was tough. This one's going to be harder. The coyotes need to play a close to perfect game if they want to have a chance. So are, are you personally excited to see Jack Eichel and Eichel mania hit uh, the Gila arena against the coyotes? I, 
And I actually was talking about this uh, on an episode of Lockdown Coyotes today. I love the fact that Jack Eichel is playing for the Golden Knights the year that the Coyotes have left the Pacific Division. So now we don't have to play against each other as much at all. I get to just sit back and watch Jack Eichel on a good team. And I'm fine with that. Like I said, I'm from outside of Buffalo originally. Uh, I have a little bit of affinity for Eichel. And I'm just going to serve you a warning. Watch out because he is just improving every time that he steps on the ice. It's just been amazing, you know, because the first game was against the Avalanche. And then we saw what he did over the weekend. And uh, he just seems and appears to get better every time that he's out there. He just works so hard. And he's an unbelievable skater and a very skilled athlete. And I think he's better than I even envisioned, you know, coming off of the neck injury. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I will say, I'm very glad that he was able to get that neck surgery. Uh, it seemed to be the thing that he wanted. And he is kind of proving critics wrong uh, that, you know, like it was definitely the right call. Um, he's went from like zero points to one assist to a goal and an assist. Uh, I, I would rather he started after the Coyotes played the Golden Knights. I will admit that. Yeah, but it could be fun. And I'm sure that, you know, it's good to see like one of those skilled athletes that you might be a once in a lifetime sort of an athlete and only time will tell. Uh, Do you feel that, you know, fans and other fan bases, uh, what's the feeling about this Golden Knights franchise? Because we've heard a lot. I know general managers are upset that uh, the Golden Knights now are kind of skirting the cap issues there. Uh, putting stone on the LTIR and just finagling and shuffling players in and out. But what do you think the feeling is by general managers or uh, particularly in your market about the Vegas Golden Knights? So I I don't think the, the cap issue is causing as much like ruffling of feathers in Arizona, uh, especially because Tampa Bay did it last season. So Everyone's kind of used to it at this point. Uh, if things had been fixed in the off season, they, there could be complaining. They weren't uh, whatever. Uh, in general, I think people in Arizona do not like the Golden Knights because in the inaugural year, which was one of the last years of Coyotes' revelancy, uh, the Golden Knights beat us multiple times. And I think that desert rivalry rivalry has just kind of like overtaken and yeah, Coyotes fans are like, eh, we don't like the Golden Knights. We don't like the Kings. Uh, we're ambivalent towards the Ducks, and no one cares about the Sharks. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do like to think the rivalry is a bit more pure, and we're not resorting to complaining about minor cap circumventing just yet. Uh, the Coyotes aren't relevant right now either, so we also kind of are abstaining from a lot of rivalries, I guess. Uh, are they building any rivalries within the Central Division? Oh, yeah, no. Um, a big thing that happened last season, which I feel like is carrying over, is the Coyotes managed to play seven straight games against the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> That's right. During the regular season. I forgot about that. It was seven straight in the regular season last year. Yes. I, I oh. would, that, would, that would start. That would create a rivalry. By game like three or four, you hate each other, I'm sure. Absolutely. And the best part of that, Clayton Keller, the Coyotes star player, originally from outside of St. Louis, lights them up every single game. It is a beautiful thing to watch. 
like if you ever want to see Clayton Keller play his best hockey, watch him play the St. Louis Blues. So yeah, they're they're on their way to building a rivalry. I really think that rivalries like come to true fruition in the playoffs, and you know they're not there yet. Carl Pavlock is with us. He's the co-host of Locked On Coyotes. And, uh, of course, he writes for 54howling.com. You need to check out his work across the board. Uh, VGK will probably have Laurent Brossois in net tonight. Um, who do you think will be in net for the Coyotes? Will it be uh, Karel uh, Vimelka or will it be Scott Wedgwood? So Wedgwood's played the last two games. Um, so I think it's going to be Vimelka tonight. He's been a real surprise. Uh, he was a pickup from the Czech second league and has kind of emerged as a, as a fairly decent starter. Um, he, he's not perfect, but he's stolen some games. Uh, a couple of, like, I think he has three games where he's made over 45 saves, multiple one zero wins. He's a goalie that you should be watching for. Are the Coyotes still $6 million under the cap? Is that what I saw? I mean, I haven't looked at their cap recently, but I, just, it I, I thought me. I saw just a couple of days ago. But like, how could that even be? And, and um, I mean, wh- what are they looking for um, via trades? What do you think is the area of the most concern that they can identify through trading? I mean, at this point, it does seem to be picks and prospects. Uh, I think the upcoming year, they're going to be starting to acquire players. Uh, I've noticed that one of the things that general manager Bill Armstrong likes to do is he likes to draft older players. Uh, we got a couple of overagers at the draft this past year. Um, I, I think he likes the fact that they are ready for the NHL uh, quicker. Uh, the team definitely needs forward depth. Uh, I don't know if they're going to start like shifting towards prospects in the in the next year, um, but recently they've just been acquiring picks. For the Golden Knights, Robin Leonard was back at practice this week. We saw Alec Martinez was at practice, and you will see perhaps Zach Whitecloud back in action uh, come Friday night. And uh, other than that, you know, we know about Mark Stone. He's on LTIR. And that top line is just real intriguing. And the Golden Knights have not been scoring much. And the second line, the misfit line, has not been producing that much. The third line, nothing. Nothing really to speak of. Uh, The fourth line matchup might be pretty intriguing uh, there, Carl, because the fourth line is, is, uh, you know, a line that has been coming up with uh, some big goals. So that could be a good matchup in the game. How do you see the game going? (sighs) it, it all kind of depends on, on what the Golden Knights do. Uh, I find the teams that play best against the Coyotes are very aggressive, like, and really just kind of force the issue. If you lay back and let the Coyotes, like, get to work, they will make you pay. Um, and I think a lot of teams have figured that out. But every once in a while, they catch a team that just kind of, like, lets them get set up, lets them, like, work their game. Um, and... And they'll find the matchups that they need to. And they got the goaltending that will, you know, typically kind of keep them in the game long enough. We we tend to see a lot of lopsided shot periods. Uh, yeah, but the Golden Knights get outshot. And then how about hitting? Because in nearly every game this season, the Golden Knights, believe it or not, have been out hit. They're not a very physical key, uh, team. 
you know, after they lost Ryan Reeves, uh, not a very physical team right now. Yeah. Uh, the Coyotes did lose one of their big hang defensemen to trade. Uh, Ilya Labushkin was one of the big hitters. Uh, this could be the game that Nick Ritchie actually joins the lineup. He was acquired in that uh, Labushkin trade. He didn't get a chance to play on Wednesday due to visa issues, but the team was definitely looking to add a little bit of a physical presence with a player like him. Carl, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Carl Pavlak from Locked On Coyotes and, of course, 54Howling.com. And uh, we look forward to watching the game. And hopefully it's a wide-open game and a lot of scoring. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you to become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. We thank you all for tuning in. I'm Tony Cardasco. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you once again on Monday right here on Locked On Golden Knights.